Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal, editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Healthcare has been a hot topic for years, decades, probably forever, but at no time in recent memory has it become more important than it has been in the era of COVID-19, as we as a state, nation, and planet try to navigate a pandemic that has upended every aspect of our lives and society, and especially our healthcare system. With me today to discuss this is Dr. John Kerwin, Executive Director of the Pennington Biomedical Research Center, a 30-year-old facility in Baton Rouge that is arguably the most prestigious research institute in the world focused on chronic diseases like diabetes and obesity. And it's now also home to a bariatric treatment center that is expected to attract the most severely obese patients from around the world. John came to Pennington in 2017 from the famed Cleveland Clinic, where he was working on a cure for type 2 diabetes. And when he came here, he brought a couple of dozen researchers with him and their millions of dollars in federal research grants, making John Kerwin, as one local executive explained it to me, something of his own mini economic development engine. John, thank you so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch. It's great to see you. Thank you, Stephanie, and uh, thank you for that introduction. I hope we can live up to all of the expectations. (laughs) Well, joining John and me via Zoom today is Dr. Barbara Griffith, Chief Executive Officer of Women's Hospital in Baton Rouge, one of the largest birthing centers in the country that delivers more than 8,000 babies a year, as well as providing a host of other health care services to women and babies. Barbara has been in the position less than five months when the pandemic hit and has had a baptism by fire, so to speak, but one she is navigating well. Barbara is an emergency medicine doctor with 20 years clinical experience who came to the hospital after a national search from Duke Regional Hospital in Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina. And Barbara, it's great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for making time. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm glad to be here today, and and thanks for the intro as well. Well, good. Well, John, I'm going to start with you because I I love that Pennington is so well-known all over the world, and I remember I talked to your wife when we were doing a story on it a couple of years ago, and and she said when they called you, you know, that it was a no-brainer because you had talked about Pennington your whole career, and I think a lot of people in Baton Rouge still don't realize what goes on at that big building on, on Perkins Road. Are we getting the word out more? Why, why has it always been sort of like one of our best kept secrets here? Uh, great question. Uh, I think partly because uh, Pennington has primarily focused on the, the core mission, which is chronic diseases and doing the work, the scientific work of addressing those questions. It hasn't, um, it hasn't done a, a great job, I would say, in terms of marketing. And, and I think that that's an aspect that in days of tight dollars, you, you think about where you're going to spend your money. 
and we have spent it primarily on the science. And you know that that's that's a good strategy, I think, in terms of uh, practicalities. But it also comes with the downside then that you, you get the work done and the scientific community do know you and you're publishing all of this information and um, folks are, are looking at Pennington in a professional capacity and they're looking at Pennington for answers to questions. And that's the reputation it has um, nationally and globally. Um, but in terms of your question, I think it, it, this, that this relates more to the marketing aspect. And I've had time to think about this since I've been here and I've heard this question from, uh, from many people, including our, our legislators, and um, you know, describe Pennington as a well-kept secret. But the truth of it is that in order for us to be able to leverage uh, the dollars that we need to promote the science, to do the science, um, we, we're going to have to do a, a broader job on marketing. And so we're in the midst of uh, a, a new visual identity system, a new, um, a new brand essentially for Pennington, and uh, a new campaign, an awareness campaign that will be state, national, and could eventually be global. And I'm sure that, that that campaign would probably be further along um, this year, except that the pandemic kind of threw everything on hold. And I'm going to come back to you to talk some more about that. But Barbara, I think everybody in Baton Rouge does know Women's Hospital because, and, and all over the state, because it really is the largest birthing center. But you all do so much more than that as well. Absolutely. Very true. And the pandemic really uh, drew us into a space where women's had never been before, but at the same time, we were well prepared to go there uh, to support the, uh, the women and the infants who come here for care. Uh, we have a lot of enhancing services like critical care, for example, that uh, we learned very quickly back in March were going to be needed to support our patients and our community well. So, I mean, obviously birthing babies is labor and delivery is your biggest is your biggest percentage of of right of of the of the business but beyond that i mean you do cancer care you do other kinds of surgeries and treatment for women and then like you say you all are also doing pandemic care now treating covid patients i think if you asked any hospital in the country they would say yes we're supporting <laughs> covid patients because that is uh, simply become part of the, the world that we now live in but in terms of the services that we're able to offer the community here at women's uh, we do offer so much in addition to uh, labor and delivery and the uh, neonatal intensive care the cancer platform that focuses on breast and gyn cancers has been uh, rapidly growing and is a uh, fantastic, comprehensive approach to providing care for uh, women's cancer here on our campus. Uh, we also offer um, additional services that women uh, uh, want access to, whether it's uh, uh, support for uh, weight loss, uh, general surgery, uh, endocrinology. Uh, the um, service offerings really are much broader than um, the community necessarily has uh, known us for in the past. Interesting. Now, John, I know over at Pennington, and, and you were talking about efforts to raise the profile and, and marketing and everything, but I mean, you all 
went off in a whole new programmatic direction last year with the announcement of this very prestigious and exciting bariatric treatment center. So so besides being a research institute, you are now going to be a treatment facility as well. Tell us a little bit about this, because this is a huge program. I mean, we're basically going to be the Cleveland Clinic here in Baton Rouge for doing weight loss reduction surgery, worst cases in the world, right? Correct. Yeah. So this bariatric surgery program has has multi-components to it. It it has a strong research base. Uh, It has a a clinical component to it. We partnered with, uh, in in this particular case, we partnered uh, with the the lake uh, on the surgery side. Uh, But we see opportunity really for that to expand out to other uh, institutions within the city. Um, and we recruited uh, one of the leading surgeons who came from the Cleveland Clinic, uh, Dr. Phil Schauer. And uh, Schauer is viewed, arguably viewed as the number one bariatric surgeon in the world. And so, you know, patients t- often follow the, uh, the physicians or the surgeons. In this instance, um, we've already had patients coming from out of state um, for consultations with uh, Dr. Shower and for surgery with Dr. Shower. So despite um, the challenges of COVID and everything that that's done in terms of slowing things down and the development of programs, I'm sure uh, Barbara sees the same thing in terms of operations, um, we have had, um, we've had success. Uh, it's not been on the scale that we would have anticipated pre-COVID, but it, it shows the, the um, the durability of what we're doing. It has still come through uh, despite the challenges that we're facing here today. And I would expect that uh, next year, as we move forward out of this COVID period, that that's uh, where these things can accelerate and uh, really expand. So it is actually up and running now. I mean, people are coming from other places to have this very complicated weight loss surgery. Yes, it is. It's operational and it's pretty busy clinic. Uh, the vast majority of patients currently are uh, from the the Baton Rouge area and from the the region, as you would expect. I mean, we need to take time to grow it out and um, to to get that name out. And again, it comes back to this this marketing question. You know, you got to get people have to know uh, that it's here, and, and that's part of what we are are about to do as well. And and when we talk about obesity surgery, I mean this is like like gastric bypass surgery or gastric sleeve surgery, right? For the the most extreme cases where people have been unable to lose weight through any other means, right? That is uh, that is the case. Uh, so this is an abdominal surgery where you uh, bypass the stomach. Uh, it has very consistent, persistent, and um, successful effects in terms of weight loss. People are typically losing about 100 pounds. Um, and but one of the interesting things about the surgery, and this this um, refers to both the gastric bypass, which is a bypass of the stomach, and the sleeve, which is a, a narrowing of the stomach. Both of those procedures, actually, if you're if you have type two diabetes, both of those procedures can reverse your diabetes. So that's been the sort of discovery that we've had um, in Cleveland and, and others have, ha- have had too. And, and we're trying now to understand how that works. Um, and, and there's an amazing amount of science that has to be done around that. Uh, we have some grants uh, from NIH, federal grants, and we have grants from industry to address these questions. But we hope to discover 
uh, what it is about bariatric surgery that's having that effect so that we can then scale it up in a different way where it can become a different treatment modality. Maybe that you don't need the surgery. Um, and then, um, and the other thing I would say about surgeries too, in general, is that having somebody like a Dr. Shower here means that you're on the cutting edge of all of this work. So new surgeries that are being introduced or new procedures associated with all of this, they, they are gonna be developed here and developing partnership with institutions around the country and indeed around the globe. It's really interesting. I mean, it has it has so much so much exciting potential. Barbara, what what do you think? What would you describe as, as like the biggest cutting edge selling points, really, of of women's hospital? And and what are you all doing? Because I know you're at the forefront of medicine in so many areas. Uh, sure. So, you know, women's vision is really to become the provider of choice for women's healthcare, and to do that we need to provide more and more of what women want from this, uh, uh, from this facility. Having uh, uh, come here for years to um, uh, uh, deliver their children, women in this area really want more from us and they want the experience that we're able to provide our patients, uh, but they want to do more than just come here to deliver their baby. So our focus going forward is really staying on that leading edge by connecting uh, closer and closer to what the community wants from us and building those enhancing services that will provide access to care for the patients in this area. What market share do y'all have of, of, of deliveries, labor and deliveries in Baton Rouge? It's the vast majority, I know. It right? is. About, it's about three quarters of it. And, and how has COVID really changed what you all do every day? Uh, you know, as John mentioned, it certainly has had operational impacts. Uh, I know visitor restrictions have been really tough on our patients and their families, and that was very necessary early on when we were just starting to really understand how to best manage patients uh, uh, and uh, 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 reduce risk of spreading infection. Uh, those things, fortunately, are, are starting to loosen up more as we go forward and we become more comfortable with just layering in that added protection for patients in everything that we do. Do you, do you all have men there right now? Um, or were you all, weren't you all treating men for a time? Uh, we do take care of male patients. Uh, for example, uh, men can come to women's to have their colonoscopy done. Wow. So, um, so there are opportunities for um, uh, males to receive care through this facility, uh, while the, the core services of uh, OB, OBGYN, though, uh, obviously remain uh, for women. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to doctors Barbara Griffith of Women's Hospital and John Kerwin of the Pennington Biomedical Research Center. You all both have really interesting backgrounds and different than, than administrators. You were a doctor, an emergency room physician. How, how did you make the transition to administrator? What brought you to Baton Rouge? I mean, obviously a good job offer, but why did you decide to come here? <laughs> uh, okay, so that has two parts to it. You know, why did I decide to do administration? Um, you know, I, I think that at least for me uh, in my career, the opportunity to have broader and broader impact was something that drew me away from bedside care and into the administrative realm where I was able to support and make decisions that would impact uh, more and more patients. Um, the experience in the emergency department was uh, uh, 
fantastic training for being handled just about every situation with some degree of calm. And I've found that very helpful in the past year. Uh, but uh, why am I here at Women's? Uh, the uh, opportunity to come to a state where there's just tremendous need in healthcare. You know, our, our rates of uh, whether we're talking with John about obesity rates or uh, uh, cancer, diabetes, there's just tremendous opportunity to help the patients of this state. And so I saw that opportunity and being able to come here to a a leading institution in the state that really will be able to both provide services itself, but also um, set the example for access to care and, and influence what's going on in uh, a region beyond just here in Baton Rouge. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the, the chronic underlying health challenges that, that exist here in this state. And um, John, of course, you, you from Ireland originally, as, as your accent lets us know, and, and you've lived all over the country in the United States, moved around, but you were in Cleveland for a long time and doing research. And the opportunity to come here to Baton Rouge because of Pennington and what it does, I guess, was was what drew you here. But some of the same sort of challenges that Barbara mentioned with the underlying health conditions of our population, right? Yeah, I think you know, for the for the most part, uh, the area of research that I'm I'm focused on is obesity, and diabetes. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's a reality that um, a lot of the um, health burden here in Louisiana and in many neighboring states, including uh, Mississippi, Alabama, and north of us in Arkansas, th that obesity um, and the related social conditions that feed into that um, are, are major problems. Um, and so when you think about it from a uh, the perspective of trying to resolve or solve a come up with a solution to a problem, you want to be where the problem is, right? So Pennington represents that, and Louisiana represents that. Um, these are the some of the most challenging questions that we have actually in in terms of healthcare because obesity actually, as we have found with COVID, impacts um, more than just your weight. Uh, it, it has profound impacts in terms of your ability to be able to respond to, um, to COVID itself. Um, and we've seen that the mortality rate has been so much higher among those who have weight problems and related conditions like high blood pressure and uh, diabetes. And, and Barbara, I'm sure it makes, makes your job more difficult as well. I mean, because it makes deliveries harder. It makes uh, all of the conditions you all treat more difficult to, to treat and cure as well. Yeah, I'd say that's very true. Uh, as uh, time moves forward, what we call the acuity of our patients continues to rise. So whether it's the presence of those comorbid conditions like obesity, hypertension, diabetes, um, or uh, uh, just the complexity of illness that we see, hospitals like women's have really had to evolve their ability to support patients in many different ways uh, beyond the, uh, you know, procedure that they're there for that day. And uh, uh, we'd really like to see a reversal of that trend and start to bring our population to a healthier place because that ultimately means better outcomes. And it, and it makes healthcare here more expensive, right? uh, I think that's fair, yeah. John, I know Pennington, you all are, are focused on, on sort of, I mean, obviously the chronic conditions, but you all are trying to now study and, and pivot in this era of COVID really the link between 
chronic diseases and infectious diseases. I know you all had applied for a grant. I don't know if you got that, but, but your scientists are studying that area now, yes? That's correct. And I would jinx myself if I responded to your question, okay. how did we get the grant? Well, uh, don't say it. Uh -huh. So I won't say that, but I did have a call about that yesterday. So we're on track, but we don't know. Call me back in right. about a week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we might have good news. Um, and so, yes, we, we did. We pivoted and we developed an infectious disease program. We brought in um, Stefania Comier from LSU, who has now got her operation, her labs here at Pennington. Um, and the, the intent is to really uh, be able to respond to the needs of, of, of the community, the scientific community, but also the local community. If we're successful in, uh, in, in getting this uh, funding from NIH, which is part of the RADxOp or um, Operation Warp Speed, which you may have heard about, then we will have funding to really go into some of the, the hardest hit communities here in Baton Rouge to understand uh, what's going on there in terms of COVID and uh, also to develop the infrastructure that's going to be needed to, for vaccination programs to follow up and, and to uh, be able to address the problem. So, um, so in that regard, we had to be quick, we had to pivot, we did so successfully in a couple of different ways. Hopefully we'll have some more success uh, in, in that area uh, over time. We were, we were gonna yeah. need, this is a, gonna have to be a sustained effort. Um, so sure. It's COVID today, but you know you can expect uh, more infectious diseases and more viruses In, down the road. Of course, and and I know there's also been cancer research at Pennington, um, you know, through, through Esperance and and also some other efforts. And we had somebody on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, how are those research projects going? Because we've written about them over the years, and yet still no cure for cancer. Um, what kind of progress, I guess, are they making? And, and does Pennington really have the potential to hit it big through some of these, these research endeavors? Um, yes, to both of those points. I think that Esperance is one of those drugs that was developed here for uh, uterine cancers. Uh, it's currently in phase two clinical trials um, at MD Anderson. Uh, we're hopeful these things take time to mature. You never know whether it's going to... Uh, become a viable treatment or not, it turns out that it may have additional impact on other cancers as well. So we're hopeful for that. Uh, in terms of the program itself, we have a small program here uh, that uh, we were successful in, in establishing, um, but we don't have a critical mass of investigators. So we're in the process here of partnering, uh, partnering with institutions like Women's where uh, you know, you've got big clinical programs around uh, breast cancer. Just yesterday, I sent off on a, a grant actually that uh, we're, we're working on with, uh, with folks from women's uh, around, um, around pregnancy and um, glucose metabolism, their glucose levels, uh, gestational diabetes. Um, well, I think that the key here, uh, Stephanie, would be that you know, we, would, um, we don't have all of the resources Women's doesn't have all of the resources, the lake, the general auctioner, but together we can really put something, put, put uh, a program together that can compete um, with anything around the country, but not more than just compete, provide uh, services, solutions, and uh, treatments for patients here in Louisiana, here in Baton Rouge. 
Fantastic. And, and Barbara, what is your, um, you know, you've only been here a few months. I know it's been a crazy year for you, but what would, you, what are your goals for the, for this first year or two looking forward? Any changes specifically that you're bringing to women's or looking to bring to women's? So continuing to evolve the, the vision for women's and how we can be a, uh, a leader and a true influencer of health outcomes for the state is a big uh, uh, aspect of the um, direction uh, that I see in our future. I'm very excited about that element of our work, continu continuing to evolve um, the services on site and really start to focus more on access to care, how we uh, interface with our patients in this digital age, how we engage our patients in uh, their own health outcomes, and then as we talk about uh, things like uh, cancer care and better um, outcomes for our cancer patients, it really takes me back to the foundation of cancer care, and that's screening. And what we've seen in this past year is significant disruption in screening. Uh, once we reopened services fully in uh, sort of a May timeframe, uh, I was so proud of this facility and the way women's staff pulled our patients back in to resume important screening like mammography, um, colonoscopies, but there's still a deficit in that. It doesn't look today what it looked like a year ago, and the risk that puts uh, uh, our patients across the state, you know, our entire population, and um, is really significant. So all the conversation about cancer, the return to screening, and this focus on continually uh, improving cancer care going forward, I think is going to be even a bigger part of our talk a year from now. Certainly, you all have a lot on your plate. Doctors Barbara Griffith and John Kerwin, it's a pleasure to have two such gifted, skilled administrators and medical professionals with us today. You all both have large and daunting positions heading institutions that are so important to Baton Rouge and to the state. So thank you both so much for taking time to share your insights with us today on Out to Lunch. Thank, thank you. you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Drs. John Kerwin of the Pennington Biomedical Research Center and Barbara Griffith of Woman's Hospital. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about the Pennington Biomedical Research Center and Woman's Hospital by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. We're going to go back to hosting Out to Lunch around the lunch table at Mansur's on the Boulevard soon. In the meantime, you can go there. Mansur's is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF. 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. 
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, the It's New Orleans Happy Hour podcast. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.